everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Today, we have Brittany joining us. Brittany, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Why don't you tell us a little something about yourself, a little background? Um, I am a wife and mother of two teenage kids, and I am an artist. Great, great. Okay, so let's start with your childhood. You want us to give us a little background as to your childhood, um, you know, just any interfamilial dynamics that were going on that might have led you to turn to food if you did turn to food. Right, so um, I grew up a military brat. I grew up on a military base, and I was the youngest of three. And so I was considered the brat, like the real, real military brat. Um, and so um, I had a very bossy sister who's still that way. And I had a brother who was um, competitive. And so I kind of got lost in the mix as the youngest kid. And um, uh, all of their friends were my friends. I really didn't have my own friends. Um, I was just always the little sister that was tagging along. Mm -hmm. And so I was um, the heavy, overweight, pudgy, chubby little sister. So at what age did you notice that you were not the same weight? Or at what age did your parents tell you? How did you know you were overweight compared to the other children? Like what age did you realize that? So there's two, two moments where I realized, okay, so uh, I think I was around second grade. Um, and we were all outside for a recess. And some of the girls had mentioned that they were going to be um, on a cheerleading squad. And um, I was super excited about it. I wanted to hear more and I wanted to see how I could get involved. And one of the girls turned to me and told me that I, I couldn't be a cheerleader because I was too big. And if I was a cheerleader, I would always be on the bottom holding up the, the skinny, smaller girls. And but they really didn't want me on the on the squad or to do anything with them. Now, did she use the word big or did you use the word fat? Do you um, probably both. I just remember just the feeling of being like, oh, what, I'm big? Like, what do you, I never realized that. Um, so it was just that moment of knowing that I was, I was too big for this cheerleading squad. It's like second grade. It was, it's probably through like the community center or something. But, um, and then the other one was I saw a video of myself, um, my parents, played back a video of me getting birthday presents and I was scooting. It's kind of a funny video because I was scooting down the table to make room for some friends who had come to my party and we were at the park and I scooted it all the way down to the end and then one more person wanted to join the table and so I scooted far enough and I was wearing my brand new white shorts and I fell into the mud. This is caught on camera and I fell into the mud and I stood up and like watching the video, I saw that I was a big girl, like I was so big and that there was no room on the bench for me. Like, and it was funny and it hurt seeing that video. And I just realized, wow, I'm a, I'm a big girl. So this was around age eight, seven, eight years old? Um, no, the first time was like around second grade with the cheerleading. And then when I was like a little bit older, yeah, I guess around eight or nine, something like that. So Now at that age or looking back, can, 
do you can you see why you were overweight? Were you were you eating more? Was yeah, I would turn numbing pain or so I didn't really have like a traumatic childhood. I was just always the um, one left behind or the one forgotten about or the one that was just tagging along. So oftentimes, like food was just kind of tossed my way. Like here, this will quiet you down. You won't be a cry cry baby or a whiny baby if you have something to do, which was typically eating. (laughs) And so I just had my favorite snacks. Um, Cause yeah, Because so. with most people, it's like if you look at a three-year-old, right? A three-year-old will eat and knows when to stop, right? Most of us know when to stop. But when there's some sort of early childhood trauma or something like that, that's when we don't stop. You know, the, that, that self-regulatory mechanism goes away and we don't stop and we keep eating. So, I mean, was there any connection that if you were, like, unhappy, that way, that that's why you ate? Because, like, after you noticed you were overweight... Mm-hmm. After they told you, maybe that's what fueled the eating even more because that's when you had the realization. Right. Um, so my my parents were very busy and not home as often as I'm sure they would have liked to have been. So um, my sister was basically in charge, and I remember just not being happy because I wasn't able to have my like the friends I thought I had um, over. I couldn't do anything for myself, so food was my friend. Yeah. And um, there's this one time where and this is where I realized that I don't know how to stop eating like this is that moment um I woke it was during the summer and remember we lived on a military base so there were these courts and you would be able to like walk around the court and find kids that could come out and play and I remember leaving my house in the morning and going to a friend's house and their parent was like come on in you can have cereal with with our kids you know and I sat down and I ate breakfast with their family and then we went outside to play and then a little bit later another friend had brought out snacks and then I ate snacks and then went to another friend's house for lunch and then another friend's house they had pizza and then another friend's house they had like other snacks and I was just eating all day long and I knew I didn't feel very well but I just kept eating and then I finally made it back to my house later in the day or in the evening or something and my mom and I will never forget she had made pea soup like split pea soup right so there's split pea soup and she gave me a bowl and I, I remember thinking I'm kind of full like I think I've eaten a lot but but I wanted to eat it so I went to the living room and I sat down and I started eating the split pea soup and like this wave of like nausea hit me and I stood up and I started walking down the hallway and I went to yell out for my mom and when I did that I like projectile vomited down the hallway and it was everything I had eaten all day and my mom was so confused because she knows she didn't feed me all that stuff and she was like what have you been eating and I told her and she was like this is not okay like I had eaten so much so that was kind of the first time I realized like I don't know when to stop eating no, like you said, I think I think with a lot of people with, with disordered eating, food is our friend. Food doesn't talk back to us. Mm-hmm. Food doesn't leave us. Food isn't going to you know, exchange you for a, a cooler, more popular yes. friend. And so they're always there for you. You know, I think I think that there's a connection. So there's no like, like I've mentioned in my previous episodes, I had an alcoholic, rageaholic father uh, always berating me. My mother was aloof, you know, hooked, just doped up on antidepressants you didn't have any of that like super traumatic childhood i didn't i didn't have any of um of those situations i had parents that were constantly working and just kind of absent okay so you felt a little neglected and maybe turned to feed right i was 
practically raised by my my older sister. So, um, and she was busy trying to be a kid, yeah. like she she did what she had to do, and and my brother was very competitive and just like very much into um, like sports and also wanting to be military. So he was always out with his buddies, like you know doing stuff like that. So I was just trying to tag along and like somehow be accepted and be involved. So. And so as you age, when you got to junior high, was the weight increasing? Like, do you know what your peak was in terms of like seventh grade? I was uh, probably my heaviest, and I don't remember how heavy I was. But I remember um, some of my friends wanted to try out because we had moved away from the military base at this time, and some of my new friends had wanted to try out for. I think the first sport we could be involved in was cross country, and I was like, who would want to? like just run like <laughs> like why is that a thing like i didn't get it um but they all wanted to do it so then i thought okay well if they all want to do it and i want to be their friend then i have to do this and so i started like going out and walking more um we had horses so i went and just tried to like be outside more helping with the horses just trying to because i used to just want to lay around the house um I just wanted to be more active and so I did I went and tried out for the cross-country team and I say tried out like very vaguely because basically if you showed up they were like sure go run um so I was like the last the one that would cross the finish line last um yeah, but you were part of the team I was I was part of that team and so I just started running and running and running and by eighth grade I had dropped so much weight and so then sports became my new um, obsession, yeah, I guess, yeah. over food. Yeah. Um, I remember then getting like um, an unhealthy relation, uh, and even like a, the opposite relationship with food. So then I was practically starving myself. Yeah. Like I wouldn't eat all day, and then I would show up in the morning to run and be nauseous, and somebody would throw an orange or an apple to me, and I would nibble on that like for hours. And um, yeah, so I I did the opposite. So in high school, I was very thin and very athletic. So you're, you were anorexic. You were limiting. I was. I was. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I just kind of did it that way. I mean, it's two sides of the same coin. You know, disordered eating is, is manifested in two different ways. You're either overindulging or then later on you're, you're withholding or vomiting mm-hmm. it out. Yep. Yeah. I so, did that. So you lost weight. So most of your high school time you were regular weighted. I was. Okay. Uh, in fact, I was, well, underweight. Some, yeah, like I I had gone to the opposite, the other extreme. So um, well, let, let's go back to middle school. So did your brother and sister ever make fun of you when you were fat? Oh, always. Yeah, they, yeah, they would poke fun, call me um, the chubby baby, slam uh, baby face. Even to this day, I, I people tell me I look younger than I am. So I had like this very round, like cherubic kind of face, I guess. And they would be like tiny baby wah wah, call me all kinds of names and. What about the boys in middle school? Were they? I was invisible. invisible. Yeah. <laughs> I I really wanted to be visible, so sometimes I would like put myself out there only to get my heart crushed. But um, the one time that a guy was like, "Okay," and he was holding my hand after school, my sister walked up and like put an end to that. She was like, "You are not allowed to have a boyfriend." So. Um, it well, embarrassed him and me, and so that just stopped. <laughs> She was protecting you. I guess. She, she was apparently. I, mean, I didn't consider it that at the time. <laughs> so were you were you bullied overall in middle school by boys and girls, or were you just invisible? No, because like with my experiences, I mean, it was just constant. 
just horrific bullying? Um, I remember people telling me things. I also remember like moments. Okay, so in middle school, when we were, everybody had to take PE, and um, everybody was standing. It was sixth grade. We we're all standing in the gym, and the the uh, coach was taking our measurements. I think it was to get ready for that president's challenge presidential fitness test that yeah, one yeah. i have an episode on that episode six I okay focus on my experiences with that okay uh, yeah so that that yeah. was what we were prepping for and we were getting like our height and weight and all that stuff done and um so this kind of leads into the puberty thing too but like all the girls were like talking about how they they um didn't want to run because they they didn't have like the right bra on and this and that and because i had been overweight my my mom never like she didn't consider them to be breasts so i just had an undershirt and so i was so embarrassed to like be in that line and get ready to do that challenge and um they were telling me that well there was a select group of girls that were really really intent on like making sure i knew how chubby i was and how slow i was um these are the mean girls yeah those girls and um and they just made me feel so like dumb and slow and like just inadequate so um i i slipped out and went to the restroom for a long time and kind of tried to skip it i ended up having to do it again i think the next day or something like i I forget how i had to make it up i remember that and the worst part was i had to do it kind of in front of a lot more people so it did not work in my favor but um it's best just to blend in like i remember doing the scoliosis test like uh-huh. you had to take your shirt off and bend over yeah to make sure it's scoliosis and i would do the same thing hide in the bathroom and pray that i didn't have to do it they would forget mm, no they, don't forget. they have a list and they right. check you off yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not forgotten so. my, my experience with the presidential fitness test is we had to do push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups and i, yeah. I couldn't do any of them just the kids are you know making fun of you right? earthquake earthquake you're gonna bring the sky down oh yeah no just girls telling me that uh, they were gonna like be faster than me and like obviously i shouldn't don't worry about it they're just gonna win anyway just like little little comments i don't think it was anything like to the point where i would like cry i just remember just being embarrassed so they were just very competitive but they weren't really insulting your obesity they insulted my obesity but they weren't doing like what you're saying they weren't telling me the sky was gonna fall they were just making sure i knew that i was ugly and fat and slow yeah yeah middle school all right so high school senior year you're all good you went to prom you had a normal yeah experiences with boys you had boyfriends all that Mm -hmm. stuff like that well yeah i i had a good high school experience i mean i made it what i could yeah did you tell any of the boyfriends that you were formerly overweight or did you hide it from people or they actually knew they knew yeah they they knew they knew that i was overweight because it was the same kids like that moved up with me into high school so they i guess saw my glow up um so they all knew that i like lost weight um and that i'd become more and more athletic like so much so that you know i was on varsity and stuff like that so it was i mean they all knew that I had been fat. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's move on to college. So you had you were still eating kind of anorexically, or you had disordered eating. And you know, when I lost my weight in my uh, last year, of my senior high, when I went to college, you know, it's not like when you lose your weight, you just wake up and like have normal eating habits. Mm-hmm. So I would starve from Monday to Friday, and then Friday I would weigh myself, and then I would just binge eat until all weekend because I started to get that out. I didn't know how to eat normal every day. 
and then I would just binge, binge all weekend, and then when Monday came around, I would starve. And I did that for like most of my college life because I didn't know how to eat normal. But, wow. So what, what about your college? So actually, um, so my situation's a little different. Uh, I didn't go directly to college. Um, I met this guy, and I. Uh, started dating him and I did like this program where I got to volunteer a lot and do a lot of work in the schools so I was busy doing that and then I was having this relationship on the side on the side it wasn't on the side side. (laughs) it wasn't on the side it was like the relationship but whatever it was um, was your side piece it wasn't my (laughs) it was the piece but um um and and I ended up um getting pregnant um so I was young though I was um, 18 and about to be 19 and then um, when I was like eight months along um, I went into labor early and I gave birth to a baby girl but she passed away Um, and so like that's kind of where um, I kind of cycled back into using food as my therapy um because i was mentally prepared to you know take on being a mom i had like spent months kind of like preparing myself um kind of ashamed that i'd done it so early and there was like lots of things that had gone into um me getting ready to be a mother and then um she passed away and and i had like lots of anger so was it was this a stillbirth or no um she passed away from some kind of blood disorder i was so young and naive and like i didn't have a support system in place Uh, my family wasn't really part of my life at that time because i'd chosen to have a relationship with this guy they didn't approve of and um so that i was like um basically all alone um aside from him and he wasn't very supportive either so it kind of it's like a perfect storm and um and so when i lost her she lived for a little bit um and then when i did lose her uh the the janitors in the hospital they weren't aware that she had passed on and i just remember them coming in and like congratulating me and wanting to see the baby and i just like screamed at them like she's dead she's dead you know and like I, i just couldn't handle um the reality of it all by myself and uh, i had like a mental breakdown and then i started relying on food and um unfortunately drugs um to to kind of i was self-medicating and um i i basically was hitting rock bottom a couple months later i like you wouldn't be able to recognize me i was i tried to commit suicide a few times been hospitalized and it was like the darkest time of my life uh, and I still didn't have family to like get support from or anything so um, I ate like all the time gained tons of weight do you know how much you gained during this time about 40 pounds 40 pounds mm-hmm, at that time um, and that's on top of the pregnancy weight mm-hmm. so you know I I had gone from being like 115 pounds to nearly well I think I was right around like 180 190 by the end like when I was when I was bad um at that time and 
I had my stomach pumped and when I when I tried to commit suicide um, by overdosing on a lot of different pills and That's horrible. it was it was a hard time um, losing a child especially in, in that way or like stillbirth I just don't know how women how, how to handle that because you're you're, you're you're gestating you're creating this life and then it's just it's unimaginable so. yeah um, it was hard and especially being young and and then not having any kind of support system it was just like everything all together so um yeah i had gone back to food again gained all this weight um and it wasn't until um i guess i was around almost 20 that i started making art again i'd always like doodled and like made stuff but i'd never used it as like something more therapeutic or cathartic for myself and um so art basically saved my life. So that's why I'm still right now into art and making art. And so that is my therapy. Um, and it helped me work through a lot, and including my dependency on food. That's great. Um, so what, what happened next? So you said you're married and you have teenage kids. So mm-hmm. you must have met him soon after this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then when I, when I then was with, um, my husband now, like I, I met him and then we, um, got pregnant with the daughter that I do have now, who's about to be 18. Um, like it was moving me in a better place. So what was your weight like when you met him prior to getting pregnant? And what was your weight? I was still heavy. I was still heavy. Um, and he'd known me, um, prior. So he knew I'd like been through a lot. Um, I did lose a little bit of it, but not very much at all. Still very heavy. Okay, so uh, I had my daughter, and she'll be 18 soon. So then um, it it was about, uh, they're about 16 months apart, and I had my son. And uh, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I didn't gain that much weight during her pregnancy, um, mostly because I was becoming obsessed with, not eating so much which wasn't necessarily healthy for the baby but I didn't want to go back into gaining and gaining again because I I always seem to do one or two of the extremes right and then when I got pregnant with my son I overate like I was eating for two or three people I'm not sure and um and so I I gained a lot with him I think I gained like 80 pounds with him it was crazy so what what's been your peak weight since his birth I was over 300 pounds, um, and I definitely was so heavy that um, I had swelling everywhere. I wasn't able to walk very far without having aches and pains, um, how, like how many, out how, of breath. How long ago was this when you were at your peak? Um, now, okay, so that, that took a little bit of time. So I had my kids, and then it was just I continued to just gain slowly over... <laughs> their their lifetime and so it's uh was my heaviest about three years two and a half years ago yeah i think i think it's great that you're honest and talking about binge eating because i think my three previous interviews never really were honest about it and i went through 20 years of that kind of binge you know um, starving mode and uh 
I'm just wondering, like, if you go through the same things, like, are, do you go to the grocery store and, like, you're really anxious trying to get through the checkout because you bought all this junk food and you just want to start binging in the car? Do you ever go through that? Yeah. Or, like, in the drive through and you order and you're really antsy because you've got to get to that food and you just got to start stuffing your body? Do you, did yeah. you go through any of that during your binge I had phase? moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would buy Oreos and, like, finish, like, one or two of the rows before I even got home. Yeah. Um, or I'll go to... I used to go to Wendy's and get like the biggest frosty ever and like eat that before I even got home and I would just throw away an empty cup and then act like I hadn't eaten anything and I'd walk in and I'd be like I'm starving what are we gonna do for dinner I'm like <laughs> like what I just ate a giant thing um and I laugh because like it's not funny because a lot of people go through it but um well, like it's interesting that that's how my brain was working at that time and and now i see it a lot differently so. when when i was single and binging you know you could kind of take food home and just i would just lay out all the food i would have like two gallons of ice cream and five big macs and bags of chips and i would just take my time but then when i started dating my ex-wife um, i had to hide it right so i don't know if you had to hide it from your husband but i would hide it from her because i didn't want her to know and also i didn't want to give up binging mm-hmm. you know you love binging and then you hate yourself afterwards and mm-hmm. you're self-loathing mm-hmm. but not enough to make you stop binging because you like to binge so right when when i met her that's when i moved to the car so mm-hmm. then i would just go to the grocery store buy a bunch of stuff lay it all on just binge in the car so when you met him did you did, did he like he knew about your past right mm-hmm, a little bit not but, everything at the time but yeah did you ever confide in him about your binge issues or did you try, try to keep it from him or did he understand i think it? he like I don't, I don't remember ever having like an, a long conversation about it i think he just saw that that was what i did um and he kind of gained weight with me too <laughs> so like he kind of um started taking part in the activity of eating more but I definitely was um the one that did it most uh he did make a couple comments like you know um do you think you really need that much food you know sometimes Mm -hmm. you think back and you're like at the moment you're like how rude like but yeah like who are you to tell me I don't need like 20 snicker bars like (laughs) um but you know it was for the best. Um, I just didn't read it that way at the time. But did you, yeah. Did you try to get in any diets, or did your family? I mean, what was your family? Were they telling uh, oh. you you're, you're over your mo- your When I obese? when I finally started uh, talking to my family again, like we we started talking more. Um, they were concerned about my weight gain. Um, they'd seen me lose so much weight when I was younger that I was too skinny, and now I was like way too big. And these were they were concerned they they were wondering what i'm doing to my body like what are the um long-term effects of these extremes that i was doing um so yeah i I had a lot of people ask me you know why i was eating so much and then they would offer me advice and i did i did weight watchers i did you know atkins i did all these like fad diets and sometimes i would lose a little bit and, and then you know i'd gain it back anyway probably double you know so just there was a there was a episode i did for holistic health news my sister podcast and it was about weight watchers and how they know and they it was revealed in their white papers that their their business model is is for you to fail because when you lose the weight um you you give them credit oh weight watchers weight watchers but then when you gain the weight back you don't blame them for having a faulty model you blame yourself 
And so then people, two years later, you'll go back to Weight Watchers, you'll go back to Jenny Craig. And that's their business model. They know these people are gonna keep coming back because they never make the connection that, that their fad diet maybe doesn't work. Hmm. So hmm. Your, your apex was over 300 pounds, so where are you now and how did you lose that weight to get down? Or um, okay, so I've lost about 85 pounds and right now I'm in the 230s and to 220 something 230 I keep like going back and forth with these like five pounds like I'm like ah, I can't get past this but um I started eating better um well I guess that's that's subjective because I've been doing the keto diet mm-hmm. um, so some people are like, that's horrible for you and other people are like it's great, you know. <laughs> so it's working for me. So are you going under 50 grams a day or do you, it's a more That's my quality? attempt. Yeah, so I'm doing like more of a lazy version because I know myself if I try to be too strict, if I try to be too strict with it, then um, I don't like authority. So then I don't like myself for being too strict with myself. This is my mental breakdown of it. So I just kind of um, give myself a range. Like I basically cut out most breads, pastas, potatoes, you know, sugar, stuff like that. Um, And I've never really counted. Like I just don't, I try not to keep track like that because then it becomes too much of this like overwhelming expectations. And how's your energy level? I'm good. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot, I have a lot more energy than I used to for sure. Um, so when I was, I went on a trip to Italy when I was my heaviest and I, I realized like how like destructive my weight gain was for me, um, overall because I couldn't even enjoy the trip I was on. And so it was just depressing. I'm sitting in Florence and I'm like in pain and I can't walk around. I can't see the things that I want to see. Um, and so that was kind of like a wake up call. And that's why I, when I got back, I started the keto diet and yeah. So, and then for the past, well, since January for the past couple months, I've been, um, going and working out at Orange Theory. I don't know if I can mention names here, but um, Orange Theory Fitness, which is like the first gym since I was extremely athletic in high school. Um, But this is the first gym that I ever felt comfortable enough or excited about going back to like and continuing to work out. And I've like um, made relationships with friends that work out there now. So we look forward to seeing each other. Mm -hmm. And so it's become like a family. But I mean, this has helped me to continue my weight loss journey and continue losing it helps, weight. It helps when you work out with groups because it holds you accountable and you guys have a common goal. That's why CrossFit's right. so popular. Mm-hmm. Group exercise. Mm-hmm. It's good. That's good. Yeah. Did your husband lose weight now that you're losing weight? Uh, he lost some, gained some, lost some. He's in his own little cycle right now, I guess. I don't know what he's doing. It's I. He knows that I go and work out and he knows that I've been losing weight obviously, but um, I'm definitely not one to tell people what to do because when people tell me what to do it makes me feel like I'm not going to do it now like if you tell me I need to lose weight or that I should go work out or that I should try something like uh, in my head I'm like "Mm, listening to you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." and then I'm like well no I'm not gonna do it like (laughs) you just ruined that one for me thanks and it's defiance yes for sure so I um I try not to tell anybody else because everybody's on their their own journey and um so it just was like an aha wake up 
moment for me that I decided that I was going to do better for me because I'm only here. I'm only, you know, on this earth for a little while and I want to be around for my kids. So I want to ask you, since you're a woman here, what's it like to be a woman nowadays with social media, with all these models, with having, you know, the, 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 the idealistic perfect body do you feel that pressure all the time what do you think of the body positive movement yeah that's where we're at right now um i feel like there's been this kind of a a wave of like um people realizing that not everybody's gonna look like a a stick model it's just twiggy's not you know what's hype right now um and a lot of these women are embracing their curves and their weight um sometimes I'm all for it and I love the fact that you know I can find clothes or like cute styles in my size uh and sometimes I feel like well should we really embrace it that much like to the point where like the women or anybody for that fact like that they can be so overweight and yet like we're just like yeah you go you be you instead of saying try try to get a little healthier it, it's a tough fine line because i have an episode on the how the body positive movement can be problematic because you don't want to fat shame but at the same time we know being morbidly overweight shortens your life expectancy you have a high rate of getting cancer you have a high rate of heart disease and strokes and all these things it could shorten it up to 15 to 20 years so like these morbidly morbidly overweight people by telling them you know be proud of your body who you are in one way, it's, it's like we're condoning a possible destructive behavior because if they maintain their obesity, they're going to die younger. Mm-hmm. And we certainly don't condone you know, raving alcoholics you know, that keep drinking and they destroy their liver and all these other things. Mm-hmm. But it's a fine line because at the same time, if you shame them and say, oh, you're a horrible fat piece of crap, you know, that they're going to engage in more self-destructive behavior and maybe you know, cut suicidal ideation or gain even more weight. So it's, right. it's, there's this fine line that needs to be navigated. Right, I agree with that. So it's yeah. tough, it's tough. But do you, as a woman, because I think men, you know, there's bigorexia, we're dealing with bigorexia now, that's kind of a phenomenon where guys are getting all roided up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with just being a woman, do you feel like a lot of pressure to be perfect? Um, Not perfect, but like to be a strong woman, which can be hard. <laughs> There's also a push for everybody to be more um, embracing of themselves and like to step up and stand up and, you know, speak for yourself and do this and that. Like, and sometimes, you know, that can be filled with a lot of pressure, especially if you're not confident in the way you look or um, like, I, I just feel like for myself, I, I try not to be um, like, I try not to be influenced so much about what's happening on social media and I just try to be myself. I don't know how to answer that question without feeling like I'm not answering it. No, it's fine. What about your daughter? Do you worry about her becoming overweight? So I worry a little bit. Um, She has an athletic body and she's very active and um, she's beautiful and intelligent and smart and she's going places and can't wait to see what she makes of herself but I do worry that you know she'll become obsessed with trying to look good especially for the field that she wants to go into she wants to go into media like journalism and and you know I I worry about her being influenced by that so do you have 
did you ever have a talk with her? I mean, she probably knows about your obese background and mm-hmm. all that. Do mm-hmm. you do you tell her, hey, had try to have healthy relationship with food and all these things like that, or you just kind of let her do her own thing? And um, she's heard majority of my story. I mean, there's always things that I kind of leave out, and, but um, she's aware of how destructive um, a relationship with food can be. So luckily, I don't really see that in her. I mean, I'm pretty sure my parents didn't see it in me, though. So um, I, I, I hope that, you know, everything that I've talked to her about, yeah, I've, I've warned her, I guess. We've had long conversations about stuff, but I don't foresee it occurring for her. But you never know. I just, I'm, I think that she'll be okay. Like, that's good. Just depends. <laughs> just have open communication with her, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, since she knows your background, she knows exactly. You know what she's going through. And now with Instagram, I did this episode on Instagram. You know, the more hours you spend on social media, the higher rate of depression and anxiety and eating disorder and body dysmorphia and all these things. Right. And so, you know, it's we didn't grow up with that stuff. You know, I didn't even grow right. up with the internet. Mm-hmm. And now these kids are dealing with all this, and it's just, it's. I, I think I feel bad for them. It's 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 tough. I mean, I had my own bullying, but nowadays it's a different type. And it's an it's abstract bullying. Like they're 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 removed from your personal everyday, like in your face life. But when they pick up that phone or device, it's it's right there. It's in their in the background talking to them. Yeah, like when I was overweight, I could at least go home and escape that. But with the kids and their phones, unless they have this great self restraint they're always on the phone so the bullying is with them all day all night mm-hmm. you know so it's tough i feel bad for them yeah so my um so we talked about my daughter but we haven't talked about my son and my son he will be 16 this weekend and he unfortunately is dealing with weight gain or he has been uh, hefty since he was about four or five is when he started getting heavier um so when he was a toddler he was he looked average weight he looked friggin adorable um and he is he still is uh but um he started putting on weight and he's a good range between myself and his father like he has his dad's um uh, like body structure and um and then he has like where when I was in elementary and the start of middle school and I was chubby so he has that um and he hasn't kind of come out of it like he like I had my like moment where I decided I was going to be more athletic and I started running more and he hasn't really had one of those moments because like most teenage boys he loves gaming and so he's sitting in his chair playing video games till the wee hours of the morning especially during summer and um and he's a late bloomer so it's like he he's gonna be 16 and he has not hit puberty yet um and he's short so you know he's more um you you see the chubbiness like you see it and so it affects him uh emotionally and and he's definitely affected by it yeah like we talk about that often and you would think I would have these conversations more with my daughter, but I have them more with my son. I, I did an episode about a year ago called The Stocky Son, because my eight-year-old, he's kind of stocky, and 
uh, I worry about it. And he doesn't know about my background. He just knows I have podcasts. Uh, but it's a fine line because I don't want him to think he's overweight. His sister calls him chubby. I don't know if he's getting bullied yet at school. But once you make that realization, like you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, that's when that, that eating kicks in. And, and, you know, I, and I bring it up to her mom, to his mom. And it's like, like with a lot of divorced couples, anything one person brings up, the other one is going to do the opposite or be defensive. Mm. You know? And so I can bring it up, like, you know, we need to watch his eating. I'm concerned. He's gaining weight, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, she's in complete denial. He's fine, da-da-da-da-da. And then because you, you don't want them to go down the same road you did, you know? And I was overweight all the way till I was 18. I didn't have the, uh, the weight loss like you did in middle school. And you know the horrors that are coming. Mm-hmm. And you want them to avoid it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't want to put the idea in their head that would maybe lead to an eating disorder by telling them, oh, you know, you're overweight. We need to start changing your diet, put you on a plan. Because then men, maybe that'll lead to disordered eating. Right. Or maybe they already have disordered eating because maybe they're the product of divorce. You know, it's just, it's just so hard. But you just, at least for me, I just don't want them to go down that road. And I don't know the best way to handle it because I only have them four days a month. I only have them alternating weekends. And so really his eating, I can't control. Mm-hmm. His mom needs to be more responsible for that, but anything. that's a whole other yeah yeah. So anything I say, you know, she's not oh, you know, she's not going to listen. So I, he is the collateral damage. Mm, yeah, no, my my son is unfortunately he's at a time in his in his high school career. He'll be a junior this year, so he's a young junior um, where he's very aware of of um who he is and what he looks like and and does does he get picked on at all you know kids will make comments for sure but he's got a a great personality he's he's a great friend he's a good person he um is hilarious he's so funny and um he gets that from me i think so but he's definitely um like when he has his quiet moments or when he's at home and he's able to just talk to me um he shares with me how how sad he is about it and how it affects him and how he wishes he would hurry up and have a growth spurt and like he's gotten to the point where he he's expecting this growth spurt to come so he started buying shirts a little bit bigger because he says mom i'm gonna get a growth spurt i need it to be bigger so it'll last longer and i'm like oh okay you know and i don't want to be like you know who knows what's going to happen i'm I want to be supportive for him and I, you know, it eventually will, but I don't know how much of a growth spurt he's going to get. He's, I'm not very tall. His dad's not very tall. So, but he's hopeful. Um, but yeah, he's definitely in the middle of this, uh, like what we're discussing. He's in the middle of that right now, like kind of figuring out who he is and how this is affecting him. And just be there for him and talk to him. And it's tough. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that like, I guess his struggle his struggle is that um, his parents don't get along very well. So that, like he's constantly in the middle of that. And so I, he's probably eating a lot more than he should. And I'm not regulating it as much. So I know I'm like partly responsible and it's unfortunate because I know what what could come of it, so. Well, we just have to pray. Right? Yeah. Is there anything you wanna leave us with, Brittany? Is there anything you wanna say at the end? Mm. Mostly just, um, well, for me, going through, um, I guess I I call them my cycles. Like right now I'm losing weight and I'm feeling better about myself. Um, I guess just be aware of like more 
be aware of yourself and and where you are because for me I'm working on more preventative measures like making sure that I am mentally and emotionally healthy so that I can um, take measures to keep myself from going down that path again I think one of the keys is a constant introspection, you know, knowing what makes us tick. And I think a lot of people don't want to look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't really want to think about what what's motivating them to drink too much, gamble too much, shop too much, eat too much. And I think it helps like journaling Mm -hmm. and just constant introspection as to what is making me tick. Why am I doing this act? Why am I driving to In-N-Out Burger right now? Mm -hmm. Why do I want to eat this gigantic cake? What emotions am I not dealing with and then deal with them? I mean, that's the key because when we're not dealing with them, that's when we go to them. Yep. Brittany, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. I want to thank Brittany for being interviewed. I think she was very honest and heartfelt, and I really enjoy it when people who are interviewed – are honest you know they they're they're in touch with themselves they know exactly what it's causing them to have disordered eating or they when they're able to articulate the inner inner familial dynamics that might have caused them to go that way so she was very honest about her struggles and i i really appreciate that like it's difficult to find people who want to talk about early childhood and adult trauma it's (laughs) i mean imagine yourself like if any of you want to be interviewed contact me through the website but most people don't want to talk about things that F them up. And so when Heather and Deborah and Jimmy and now Brittany, when they come and speak, I give them so much credit because for the majority of people, this stuff is painful and they don't want to talk about it. Guys, the website is Naturopathic Earth. There are tons of articles there, tons of food recipes. We have paleo-inspired, keto-friendly, gluten-free recipes that will help with weight loss and weight management. Go check those out. If you want to support our endeavor, there's a couple ways you can do so. You can buy Confessions of an Obese Child, which is my ebook, for $2.99 over on Amazon Kindle and Barnes & Noble Nook. I talk about some of the things that happened to me during my childhood. If you're new to Holistic Health News or Confessions of an Obese Child, I would recommend you go to the early episodes of Confessions of an Obese Child where I talk about the presidential fitness test, where I talk about what happened to me in the locker room and at summer camp and all these horrific things. Also, I have funny episodes like when I was a competitive eater and I would challenge people at at, at all-you-can-eat pizza buffets to contests. And there's some funny ones. And then in the book, I talk about how I lost my weight at the end. You can also donate money through PayPal Me and Patreon. Just click on the episode notes. You'll see the links there. And uh, we have those food recipe articles on Naturopathic Earth. If you go and see the Amazon link, click on that. It takes you to Amazon. Anything you buy within 24 hours by going through our link on Naturopathic Earth, we get a 2% commission and no expense to you. And also, if you want some one-on-one coaching, we do it via Clarity FM. There is a link on the episode notes. For a dollar a minute, I can help you with whatever you need help on, weight loss, weight management, cleaning out your pantry of toxins, or whatever you want to talk about. Last thing, we have three podcasts, as most of you know, Confessions of an Obese Child, Holistic Health News, and the Essential Oils and Herbal Apothecary. Please subscribe to all three. Please listen to those episodes. At least peruse the titles and play one that tickles your fancy. And please share these with other people. And lastly, post a review, an honest review. It makes a great deal 
to us and it helps us and it helps with rankings and just give us some constructive feedback. All right, guys, until next time, take care. God bless. Bye-bye.